So, on my way home on the bus, guess what I listened to? What? I listened to Call Your Girlfriend. <gasps> Sarah, do you listen to that yet? Oh my god, I love that show. I love it so much! I am so excited. We can actually talk about it now. Yes! yes. Is was, everyone up to date? It was so yes. good, yes. Oh. Hi, Anne and Amina. Um, it might not sound like it, but on that recording, there's actually... All three of us. I'm Sophie. I'm Sarah. I'm Charlotte. I just found it. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so we love Call Your Girlfriend, and we look forward to every episode. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend. A podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. Everywhere. I'm Ann Friedman. And I'm Amina Tuso. Hey, and I'm CYG producer Gina Delvac. Today on the agenda, Ann and Amina answer more of your questions how to deal when your formerly broken-up bestie tries to rekindle the flame way down the line, and a very sticky situation that involves love, money, marriage as economic tool, and lasagna. this other question from a reader a listener god why do i always get those wrong from a listener hi listener that's basically all about how do you deal with an ex bestie dun 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 so here's the backstory before moving to atlanta for grad school this woman had a friend back home who wasn't really to quote her this is so good who wasn't really bringing anything to the table oh my god did you ghostwrite this (laughs) <laughs> I know, I feel like I just submitted a question <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, anyway, she's one of those girls who forgets about her friends when she gets a new boyfriend and then remembers them again when they have a fight. So I was basically on the fence about whether or not I wanted to keep up the effort of being friends with her when the day before I was moving, I texted her asking if she could come at least to meet up at a coffee shop or something before I left. Her response was, we are too busy. Why don't you come over here? so anyway the whole interaction goes back and then they are basically the whole interaction is bad they're not friends six months she um the the listener says i basically acted like a baby and just stopped responding to any of her text which were few and far between let me tell you after about six months, she finally got the hint I was ignoring her and wrote and wrote me this email on Facebook. Uh, people who write emails uh, on Facebook, no, worse. no, 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 no. I explained to her how, how I was hurt and blah, 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 the feelings, a lot of feelings. And then she blew up on me. Oh, and then so feelings. And then she tells her about the boyfriend. And then there's more feelings. Everything is. Wait, awful. what about the boyfriend? Did they break then, up? Is that why she's reaching out again? No, they, well, here's the twist. (laughs) For then, this was all four or five years ago. And all of a sudden on Facebook, 
Oh, stop using Facebook to share important communications. <laughs> I get an email from her asking how I'm doing and how I've been and if I'm living in Miami again because we could meet up. Do I just completely ignore her? What would be the point of responding when I don't plan on rekindling this friendship? I feel like there's also room to discuss social media's role in friendship here. Oh my God, there's so much room. Yeah, like don't um, use Facebook, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop using Facebook to like pour your guts out. That's that's always a red flag. When I go into like my Facebook messages and it has more than two lines on it, I'm like, that's where all the crazy people reach out to you. Right, Facebook like, mail always. should be like, what is your email address? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same thing. And then when you go into Gmail and you get an email from somebody that's like 17 paragraphs, also a crazy person. Yeah. Um, But at least God bless for using paragraph breaks. Well, listen, listener, I think that you already kind of know what you want to do. And and I think that you should go with your gut. I, I think that we discussed this last time, too. It's when you choose to not tell people how you feel then there's room for that weird, you know, like that weird in-between time, right? Like, if you don't want to hang out with this person, it's completely okay to send a short, terse note that says, hey, I'm still in Miami, I'm very busy, I wish you all the best, good luck, goodbye, XOXO, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Um... I, you know, but I think that if you still feel, if you still feel any kind of affection for her, if this person was a close friend to you, or you feel like you, there are things that you want to get off of your chest, it's totally okay to want to meet up with her and discuss those things with her. I think that not everything is like zero sum when it comes to rekindling friendship and how you communicate. But I will say that your friend is a terrible communicator. Yeah, well, and some of it is about expectations as well. Like, you know, after you've had a break in contact with someone, you know, you can kind of, I don't know, it's not explicit, but like renegotiate the terms of your friendship. Like at this point, you're probably not going to be besties again. But, you know, you might be like friendly acquaintances who, you know, get together when you're in the same city and, you know, do the occasional check-in email Kind of like how you just stopped replying to her occasional texts because you wanted to end the friendship. You can you can sort of say like, no, but maybe next time I'm in town and then have the one brunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the one brunch catch up for the year <laughs> and then kind of go back to not really being in touch. Yeah, you know, I think that this is all super personality based, right? Like some people are totally okay with being really good friends with someone and then, you know, like an incident happens and then you take a long break and then you can communicate again. And for some people, they're just more black and white about it. And I think that I tend to fall into that black and I like, I don't know how to deal with after there has been weirdness. I'm a big, big baby about that. So I think that you kind of have to gauge like where you're at on that spectrum. Right. Like if you can handle the weirdness, then you know, it's totally fine to have, like, the one brunch or, God forbid, like, send a Facebook email and and see how you feel about it. But if you feel like, if you feel like you don't want to deal with that, then I think that for both you and her sake, it's better to be really clear about the fact that this is not, you know, like, this is not going anywhere. So send that short, nice response and have a big whiskey. <laughs> Aw. Um, I... I feel like like the we didn't expect the number of like 
like besties not living up to expectations emails. It makes me kind of sad. I know it really it really breaks my heart. I want everybody to be besties. Maybe we should take back all of our advice and be like, go do a big grand gesture. Like romantic comedy moves, chase her through an airport. Yeah, romantic comedy yeah. moves. Ew, no. <laughs> no, you know, like, this is true. This is something that I had not anticipated, and it does totally bum me out. But also, you know, I don't know. Sometimes, I, you know, I, I'm very philosophical about friendships and relationships that way. I think that there is an ebb and flow, and some, like, some things are not forever, and friendships are... Or, the, you know, friendship is part of that, too. Right. It's not just and romantic relationships that kind of, like, sometimes have a set duration. No, totally. And sometimes, like, when, you know, like, when those friendships or those, like, people aren't in your life, it just means that you have room for other people and other things in your life. So focus on the positive things instead. That's also true. There's only so much time in the day. Only so many Facebook messages you can send and receive. <laughs> And if you ever send me a Facebook email, I will just end you. I think our Facebook interaction is limited to sort of passive likes and then you checking me in at embarrassing places where we go. Like Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill in Vegas. Like, I will never forgive you for checking me into that. Because I, I never check in anywhere. And so when you're like, where has Anne been? It like looks like I've never left my house except to go to Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill. You know... That's love. That's love. You just have to deal with it. I remember you being very enthusiastic I know. about that check-in. I know. I'm like, I'm doing that thing. On the Las Vegas strip. Oh. <laughs> I was drunk. Um, anyway. Last question is so long. Are you going to read it? Okay, I'll read it. All right. Set up. My boyfriend and I have been together over five years. We live together in a house that we bought together. So adult. Woo. Share food costs and things like that. I'm already too hot. He makes more money than me. He has savings that are as big as my student debt. So really, so really big. In addition, I like how she's like, his savings are huge. I know. <laughs> Woo, girl. In addition to his full-time job, he does some freelance and art projects. I thought of my question because I was listening to your podcast while making some lasagna, and he's out working on a freelance project, and was thinking that it's this funny traditional situation. I do a fair amount of domestic work, cooking, cleaning, that benefits both of us. He does a fair amount of extra work outside of the house, but he keeps all the money from it. I'm getting to the question, I promise. (laughs) On the one hand, marriage, yuck. On the other hand, I have this nugget of doubt where by eschewing marriage, is that how you say that word? I, people say both eschew and askew. Okay, I say eschew. I'm being vulny because, you know, English is not my first language. I mean, (laughs) most English speakers don't know how to pronounce it. Cool. By eschewing marriage for feminist reasons, I'm actually shooting myself in the foot. My boyfriend chalks up our differences in financial status to life choices. I chose to go to grad school and take on debt. He chose to pursue personal relationships that get him jobs. I agree, but think there's that extra layer of gender that narrows slash widens our opportunities and guided those choices. I went to grad school because I couldn't find a job. He works in a male-dominated field, carpentry. That's so hot. That is very marketable due to its site-specific nature. Can't be outsourced. 
if we were to get married, he would take on some of my debt. I would take on some of his assets. By not marrying, he gets all of the upsides. Like, there's this cultural narrative stereotype where men don't really want to get married. That staying a bachelor forever is just the best thing that could happen to them. So I feel like I'm feeding into that. We're already living in a married couple way, but I don't have the protection or the legal status and the relationship equality of sharing debt slash assets. And we don't even have kids, right? So my situation is specific to me and I can't ask you if I should get married because you need more information about those specifics. So instead, can you talk about in a general way, like what does it mean to protest this one patriarchal institution in a culture where the patriarchy is still so dominant? And statistically, women don't make as much as men still take on larger domestic workloads, et cetera, et cetera. I mean... It's uh, a lot to unpack. <laughs> I think that this financial angle is really interesting, wherein, I mean, it is true that being married to someone means they share your debt. And, I mean, obviously there are a lot of ways to marry someone and come out on the losing end financially. Like, it's not a great way to do it. <laughs> but there is a part of me that enjoys the motivation for marriage being like, I'm going to get mine financially because the world has screwed me in all of these subtle ways. And this is one way for me to take some of it back. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Other than like, I like where you're headed with this sort of like... <laughs> financial retribution angle although it's maybe not the best foundation for a lifetime of uh relationship bliss i mean i don't know i i think that there's a lot here right and i think that she is right like we can't speak to her specific situation um this is not legal advice (laughs) (laughs) i love it when you like email your lawyer friends and that like that's what they come back to you with they're like, this is not legal advice, but... But let me tell you exactly um, what's Yeah, up. but let me tell you what. And it was like, can't wait to get this email subpoenaed. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that there's a lot going on here. Personally, I think I would be a little uncomfortable if I was living with somebody for so long and we were already, like, sharing a lot to not, you know, not have that sharing of debts and assets because... You contribute in other ways, but also you don't have to be married to have that kind of arrangement. Like, obviously, like, you know, the law and the Supreme Court might, like, shit all over your status, you know, in a court of law. But I think that there's ways to have that conversation and have that arrangement, right? Like, that line about, like, him keeping all of his, like, cash from jobs, like, that was, like, I know, I keep thinking about that. You know, I was, like, that, like, it's, like, out of context, it's something that I... I would have to dig deeper into that because it's like, no, man, you're like out there making lasagna, contributing to this house. Like, uh, uh-uh. also there's other arrangements other than marriage that give you like certain such protections. Right. Well, and I also think that what's up domestic partnership. Issue, sure. The interesting issue that this raises too, is that like equality and justice are two different things. Like equality, we each pay 50% of the rent, but like maybe justice is the fact that you do most of the housework and he does all this work on the outside. So he pays slightly more of the rent. Like that doesn't look equal, but actually it's probably just given the way you do your, your work breaks down or whatever. I mean, also like, I don't know. I think that there are ways for you to have this conversation that doesn't force it as a, do we get married thing? Kind of you know, even aside from the, or do we get domestic partnered or whatever, where if it's like you are feeling some frustration or inequality about the 
financial situation, like debt versus assets. And you think that, you know, you want someone who's a good partner to you to care about that and to like, you know, help sort of write that imbalance. You, I think you have to find a way to discuss that in the context of the relationship wherein maybe marriage is the answer, but the idea of like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get married just to sort of like balance this out financially is probably like an end run around what should just be like a super difficult adult conversation about money in your relationship. Ugh, money is so hard. I um I really want our friends at the Billfold actually to answer this because I feel that they um they talk a lot about this kind of stuff and I would love to hear like different kinds of people's perspective on it. But yeah, money like talking about money is hard and then mixing money in any kind of relationship is just like nightmare dynamite. Right. And especially because I actually think that the dynamic that this listener describes wherein it's like there's it's yeah it's about household finances but then there's also this political layer where she's like true we made practically different choices but you know you kind of had like a privilege advantage that maybe like is not being seen or acknowledged and that's the kind of thing that like you know is not gonna ever be a daily or weekly problem but is probably gonna wear on you in the long term i mean it sounds like it is you wrote us this email right like no totally i think that um you know, obviously, like, the most political thing, I think, in any relationship is chores. <laughs> oh, how so you, political. And how, you know, like, all of the domestic shit in your life. And... Who shovels the shit. Yeah, you know, and I think that there is really a way for that, for, like, women, especially, to be really resentful and that stuff, like, eat at you. You know, and... And just because it's, it seems so small, it seems like really small and not like a big deal. And it's like the way that like your great grandma did it or whatever. And you should just be able to like Martha Stewart your way out of it. But it like, I think that if you feel that it's not fair or that it is, you know, that you're becoming resentful of it, you do need to find ways to address it. Yeah. I mean, maybe the way to address it is for like him to pay for some house cleaning help. (laughs) No, totally. You know, or something like that. You know it. Um, this lady is so awesome. This is the best. I mean, yes. Also, I would love to try your lasagna. I know. <laughs> Just saying. Like, I, please send us your lasagna recipe. You are you are the best. Uh, I yeah. I I like that we're ending on lasagna this episode instead of on this week in menstruation. It feels somehow <laughs> like like. A, it's like the thematically the same (laughs) yeah you know like nobody's on their period today so like let's just take a week off for periods for take a week off from periods for carbs and tomato sauce exactly (laughs) amen (laughs) it's the best keep writing us um you can write us at call yrgf at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at call yrgf or find us on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. Thanks so much for listening and writing. See you on the internet. See you on the internet, boo. Subscribe to Call Your Girlfriend on iTunes or find us on Stitcher and other popular podcasting apps. Your hosts are Anne Friedman and Amina Tussauds. Kanisha Sneed designed our kick-ass logo. And yes, this is the weird voice of God, producer, editor, and music picker, Gina Delvac. This is most definitely not
NPR.